The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. You're listening to the Best Morning Routine Ever podcast, the show that proves no one stumbles upon success ever. With your host, Lou Need. Every Mondays and Thursdays, we deliver cold heart evidence behind the power of a robust morning routine. Get ready to be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Hi. Is it Dr. Lewis? Yes, that will work. Okay, yeah, I don't know how you prefer to be addressed. That's fine. It's Lunid Lewis, so Lewis Lunid? is fine. Mm-hmm. I was going to get, if I had to guess, I would have been, is it Lunide? You know, I no. would have guessed something like, you know. <laughs> anyway, I'll say hello. It's nice to meet you. I'm Jeff Klubeck. Pleasure to meet you, Jeff. Um, it's an honor to finally meet you and get you on the show. Thank you for taking the time. Well, the honor is shared and mutual. Awesome. Yeah, I, I was looking at your content in your website and it's like get a clue how clever <laughs> well <laughs> uh you can't make everybody happy i'm glad that you like it uh, you know i've i've had my share of uh you know constructive feedback on it as well that it, it works for a certain type of brand or a certain type of audience but maybe corporate or maybe some people may not understand it so i have a new brand that i'm working on and developing as well but for me and who i am as an individual i'm kind of serious but kind of jovial Mm-hmm. And get a clue works for me. It's it's been a it's cheeky, jovial kind of thing. Cause I think personal professional growth is hard enough. That is. Without having fun along the way. And I like to use humor as the Trojan horse to get other stuff through. And I don't I try not to take myself too seriously, but I definitely take um the commitment to growing seriously. Yeah, and I can tell by your work with um motivation and accountability that you provide. But isn't it what it's about though? It comes down to how it's, it's your voice, right? It's your voice and then it's your brand and kind of like it's an extension of you, who you are. Yeah, I'm a big fan of, well, first of all, I want to give some credit to Brian Tracy, one of my mentors, You where I learned, it was from him clearly that I learned your brand is your promise to the marketplace. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's, that's like I learned that. But then we, what, what do we all want to do? We all want to take what we've learned and, and expand and grow and add, right? Yeah. So, you know, anybody can make a promise to the marketplace that have a brand, but mm-hmm. why not make a promise that you can like be like, I could be the promise, mm. you know? So if I could promise people that they'll have fun growing, then I get to be that. So you right. hear a lot about the, uh, like the word uh, transparent or authentic, genuine. I like to be those things at, uh, you know, it's not, my flavor is not for everybody, but I'm going to have, I'm going to have a good time. Yeah, I mean, it's the dichotomy between that, right? Because you can't be for everyone. That is the number one thing you learn about branding, <laughs> right? You got to niche down. You got to find your target audience, your avatar, because if, you're, if you stand for everything, you fall for nothing, right? You fall for, if you stand for yeah. nothing, you fall for everything. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. It it's, uh, the, the, there's a lot of a lot of great cliches, and the thing about cliches is they're true. <laughs> they're being, you know, it's like, oh, that's so cliche. Well, that's but it's true, and, and you know, and it's interesting because the mindset of somebody that's getting started, right? If you're an mm-hmm. entrepreneur, if you're a solopreneur, if you're in your first zero to I'd say three years, if it's a tough economy, zero to five years, mm-hmm. and 
anybody that's willing to pay you for your stuff is your customer. When you're trying to niche down, but you're like, I need revenue. (laughs) (laughs) I like like money too. (laughs) Yeah. There's a, there's that, there's a challenge there that everybody needs to work through. And then for me, this is, I have fun with this. I laugh at it. There also would be a very serious problem if I didn't, is that what, what if your niche is communication? Like, you know, the, the, the oxymoronic nature of your niching in like, you, you know, you can see that my master's, my master's degree on the wall, that's a master's in communication. So if I say my niche is communication, but communication is the problem and solution to every issue, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know what I mean? bad communication is usually the problem. Good, better communication is usually the solution. So what's my niche if it's communication? So that's a fun challenge that I play with. Yeah. But you, when it comes that- to... Yeah, your brand promise. Why not promise something that you could be and live and embody? You know, it's it's uh, anyway. Because you got to do it all the time, right? That's why we go into business uh, for ourselves, right? Because your consultant and your coach, you, we go into business for ourselves. So we do something that we love, right? Something that we're passionate about. Clearly, it's communication for you. Mm. It's almost like when I was getting my PhD, you got to pick a topic that you will not get tired of because you will have to live and breathe it for the That's next right. six months. <laughs> right. So entrepreneurship is like, pick that target, pick that audience, pick that um, product because you're going to have to learn everything you need to know about it. That industry. Yeah. I'm hearing in your question, including all the things that you don't really want to do, the things you don't care yeah. to do. You know, a lot of times we have an interest, we have a passion, we have a solution but in order to really deliver it in a meaningful, sustainable way, there's all this other stuff we have to do as well. Yeah. And so we either need to be prepared to do it or prepared to hire into it or outsource or get the help. And, and then that's another struggle that entrepreneurs deal with is, is letting go of right. certain things. Okay, and maybe. Yeah, 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 like yeah. No one can do it as good as I can. And so that's where the power of delegation comes in and trusting that you can bring in the right people. Um, Steve Jobs really said something that was intriguing. You know, he said, I hire smart people so they can tell me what to do, not me telling them what to do. Yeah. You know, there's a lot you don't know. Yeah. People aren't ready for that. I try to do that. I say try because it's always a process. Um, But I have a small marketing team right now. And they're like mind blown when I tell them that I want to report to them. I have to explain it like three or four different ways. Like, <laughs> wh- like what? Because their mindset is, I want an opportunity. I want to make a contribution. Right. Tell me what to do. Yeah. And I'm like, I'll tell you what to do. Tell me what to do. <laughs> and they're like, what? Yeah. And you got to like be patient for them to really like, if you've never seen it before, you don't believe it exists. So you can't rely on just communicating once you need repetition is key in, in effective communication. Yeah, I definitely do that with my team as well. It is at first shocking and taboo because they're expecting you to be the expert. They're expecting you to have all the answers and you to guide them every step of the way. I say, no, you're going to come in, you're going to learn the business and then you have autonomy. You know, I hire you so you can um, go ahead and run with it as the expert. And they do very well. Mm-hmm. I've had people with me from day one. They do very well because we respect that that ability to be creative on their own. Yeah, it's. It, I recently had a client where I, through coaching sessions, taught one of their project managers how to be a hiring manager, mm-hmm. and got to the end of the project. The guy was awesome, like did an amazing job understanding the strategy, executing the strategy. He had two great candidates by you know in less than sixty days, ready to go. And he asked this question that had something to do with like performance or what if they don't perform or what it was like a what if question that was based on the past. And I'm like, but they're already screened. You already hired them. They already made it through your process. They're qualified. In the past, you may have hired somebody out of desperation 
<laughs> and then wondered if they were going to do the job. But in this case, you went through a strategic staffing process. You know, the person's qualified. So you can let go and give them the autonomy that may be shocking for them at first, but will produce a lot of returns on the engagement that they right. have in the company when you give them that empowerment. Yeah, I want to talk about the engagement piece of it. But first, yeah. I have to let everyone know who am I talking to? Oh, man, we just kept wondering. going. Like, we just got into it, didn't we? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> In morning enthusiasts, I am talking to the one and only, the man himself, Jeffrey Klubeck. And as you heard, he does have his master's in communication and he has coupled that workplace communication as his expertise, practical sales and management training. And super, super like the leadership guru that you need in your circle. And he has been, because of that, been a world-class coach and consultant. And so he's mastered the ability to help businesses grow using transformative and strategic problem-solving techniques. And that's what some of the things we're talking about already. Mm -hmm. But, you know, he is... Again, such a powerful man. I do want to hear more about it. But Jeffrey, welcome and go ahead and tell us. Let's just dive into the engagement aspect of it because your background is in communication. Yeah, yeah. So the engagement is a buzzword, right? Employee engagement. Uh, I remember, I'll never forget, actually, the first time I ever learned an employee engagement statistic. It was around 2010. So we were in a really tough economy back then, tough, you know, 2000, like say eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, real estate in the United States crashing. And it was domino effect around the world and on and on. And the statistic was that 70% of people that had jobs mm-hmm. were disengaged, were not yeah. engaged. And yeah. I'm like, whoa. And I just had this like feeling, I'm an empath a little bit. I could kind of feel energy around like 70% of the labor force is like just clicking through doing bare minimum through their day, or maybe spending however many of their 40 hours a week looking for another job yeah. or surfing the internet, planning their social life and getting it by bare minimum at work and then complaining on upper management for, you know, CYA or stuff rolling downhill or whatever, but they're just not engaged. They don't care about yeah. what they're doing. Yeah. And they're not satisfied either. Oh, so now when you think about it, and that, that meant that as soon as they thought the economy was going to rebound, 50% of those 70% were going to get a new job. So there was a talent war coming as soon as the economy shifted. And there's interesting aspects of that. There's opportunities. But wow, man, you know, engagement is such an important piece. Now, as I was building, that's one thing. I remember hearing that on the corporate or the, the labor force or the employment side of things. Now, for me as a coach, when I was building my coaching practice... Mm-hmm. The word isn't engagement, it's enrollment. Yeah. You know, what do I need to do to get somebody to enroll in coaching with me, to engage me as their coach? Gotcha. So if I'm a manager, supervisor, director, VP in an organization, it's engagement. But if I'm a solopreneur building a coaching practice, it's enrollment. I want mm-hmm. people to enroll. Like I wanted people to pay money out of pocket to talk to me once a week. Back mm-hmm. in 2007, 8, 9, 10, when I was building my practice, right? Mm-hmm. So it would seem to me, and you know, now I know what coaching is because I went through coaches training. I have a master's degree in communication, so on. But if somebody that wants to buy something, you know, very often, very rarely do we buy a car without test driving. Very rarely do we go into 31 flavors of Baskin Robbins and just go in and buy ice cream. Even if we know what we want, we'll still taste one or mm-hmm. two. That's what mm-hmm. the little pink spoons are for. So um, I, I figured this out way back in the day, like, oh my God. People aren't buying coaching. They're not enrolling in coaching because they aren't getting a real taste. 
They aren't getting a test drive or a little pink spoon of what it really is. Yeah. There's all these coaches running around offering a free session. Oh, I'll give you a free session. Let's have a free consultation. Let's do a free 30 minute or a free 45 minute. And somebody that receives one of those, know it's a veiled sales pitch, know that they're going to be pitched coaching at the end of it. So they go into that session with their guard up, waiting for mm-hmm. the sales pitch. There's not even a real experience of coaching. And there's mm-hmm. certain, and you know, I know you're asking me about engagement, but there's certainly no accountability. Because yeah. so that's one of the main thing I've figured out. There needs to be two complimentary sessions. They need to commit to something in first session that they're held accountable for in the second. So they feel what being held accountable is like. Mm-hmm. If they want accountability in their coaching, there's all different forms of coaching. But let me just wrap up the answer and say this. There's two pillars for me of, of engagement. There's two key things that you need to do if you want to get people engaged or enrolled. Mm-hmm. Engaged or enrolled. Number one, take the time to figure out who they really are. Really are. Yeah. Who are who are they really? Yeah. And then second, take the time to figure out what they really want. What they want. Yeah. Every organization knows what the organization wants, the shareholders want, the you know, the CEO, you know what I mean? Yeah. But what are the what do the people want? And then the 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 good leader is gonna show somebody that they know who you are. Like if I'm a good leader, I'm gonna show you that I know who you are, I'm gonna show you that I know what you want. And then I'm going to show you that you can get what you want and be who you are by helping us get what we want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Integrate those things. But yeah. most people won't take the time to really get to know people, won't take the time to really listen and figure out what people really want or help them discover what they really want. Most of the time, leadership is, uh, let me find people to do what I need them to do. That is true. And so that you're at the expense of engagement. Yeah, that is true. And and your your big thing is, uh, motivation, right? Plus accountability equals Equal. that result. But you yes. can't find something for you to hold them accountable for if you don't get to know them, which you were just talking about. If you don't get to know what is it that they want and so you can actually tailor it. Yeah, well, that's the, the first step. Those are the three things, you know, that are like the vertebrae, if you will, of my approach to all the services I offer, whether it's coaching, training, consulting, keynotes, you know, the, the three pillars are engagement, mm-hmm. motivation, and accountability. Okay. So once somebody is engaged, then motivation and accountability is the easy part. Or you give them a taste and an experience of motivation and accountability in order to get them engaged. But those three things, they integrate powerfully in a results-oriented, you know, leadership offering, whether it's coaching, training, consulting, mentoring, peer advisory, masterminds. There's a lot of different forms, okay? Mm -hmm. But as long as they're infused with those three ingredients, engagement, motivation, and accountability. Now, I told you the two pillars of engagement, right? I'm going to take the time to get to know you, take the time to get to know what you want. In doing that, I might help you get to know yourself better, and I might help you get more clear on what you want, right? How exciting is that? When I get more clear about what I want than I was in the first place because somebody listened to me. That's the engagement side. But in the motivational side, the two pillars are number one, giving good strategy, right? Mm-hmm. Like uh, I always, <laughs> the, the funny thing, are you ready? I'm, I'm married. I got three kids. So when my wife says, honey, make dinner for the kids, I like stop. I'm paralyzed. <laughs> but if she says make dinner for the kids and here's the instructions and here's the ingredients, then I'll take action. If she just gives me the strategy to follow. Mm-hmm. So yeah. there's strategies for health, relationships, finance, there's strategies for marketing, sales, operations, there's strategies for customer. There's strategies out there all over the place. So a lot of times people know exactly what the strategy is. It's right in front of their face, but there's some other reason, right? So the, the other way to motivate somebody is to get them out of their own way. Is that where the problem solving piece comes in? Because you have strategies for problem solving 
Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, I believe just generally speaking, every problem is a communication problem. You know, like I believe, like, for example, soft skills make strong leaders. So what's the problem? You say, well, the problem is we have too many complaints. Well, that may be the surface problem, but it's a communication issue somewhere along the way, or it's an integrity issue, or there's the problem solving is just a matter of communicating and finding strategies, selecting strategies, matching strategies to behavioral styles, understanding mm-hmm. strengths of teams, you know, all of that. Uh, but you have to ask problem solving is really asking good questions and knowing where your resources are and so forth. But what I'm the the real issue is sometimes people are their own, they're in their own way. I'm talking about the checkup from the neck up, right? To to be silly, to be silly about it, the 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 metaphor that I use is imagine that, you know, let's say you were the best trained sailor that's ever sailed. Like you're the best trained sailor in the whole world, and you've got the best boat and you've got the best crew. And it's a skilled and dedicated and loyal crew. And you've got the best map ever drawn with the best stargazers known to date. How'd you know? I have the certificate right here. <laughs> uh, well, and then a blank check, a blank check from the king to go and trade with. But despite all of those advantages, if you believe the world is flat, you're not going. So you can have all the strategies, all the problem solving resources, all the tools, all the you know, but if you believe it could be your, you know, just your mindset, your beliefs, your ignorance, your willful ignorance, or your uh, ego defense, or your fears, or your patterns, or your habits, or your traumas, or your emotional addictions. So, one way to motivate somebody is to give them strategy that's matched to who they are. You know what I'm saying? And then, if they're still not doing what's proven to work, now we have to get them out of their own way. Right. And, and let me editorialize for just a second. There's a lot of coaches, quote unquote, coaches that I've seen out there that say, oh, I fired my client. I told them what to do and they wouldn't do it. So I fired my client. They were wasting my time. In my opinion, that's not a coach. That's somebody that got good at what they did and they don't have tolerance for anybody that can't do it exactly the way they did it. A good coach can help anybody to the result. It has multiple different strategies to get there by taking the time to get to know somebody and matching the right strategy to the right person. It's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing how much mindset work is done in the coaching industry. Like it is 90% of the time that's what you're working on. It's like a a certified psychologist or coaching. I mean, mental, you name it. I mean, a lot of it is mindset. Like people are stuck or blocked because of their subconscious, either limiting beliefs or type of trauma, or they don't believe that they can do it. But it's a lot of work. Um, that you have to kind of dig away the dirt before you can actually make progress. Yeah, I can tell you, and I'm happy to share this with you. I think it's something that an insight into it that I've been complimented for over the years is a fresh mm-hmm. perspective. But a lot of people hear mindset, right? A lot of people hear limiting beliefs, mindset, mindset, mindset. I call it addiction. Addictive habits. I could well, take it a step but, but, further. But it's, <laughs> but it's emotional addiction. Habit is the behavior. But the yeah. behavior is exists in order to create a feeling. So the idea is that we call feelings feelings, emotions feelings, because we can feel them. Mm-hmm. Like anger feels different than sadness. Uh, joy feels different than content. Right. Hopeful feels different than steadfast. Abandoned feels different than dread. Mm-hmm. And the reason these things literally feel differently is because it's a different chemical combination. Same way peanut butter and jelly sandwich tastes different than a ham and cheese sandwich, different ingredients. Mm -hmm. So in in the hypothalamus of the brain is where these emotions assemble and they are made of different ingredients, right? And then they get into our nervous system and they like a pin cushion, right? Needles in a pin cushion, they bombard our cells and then infuse the cells with those chemicals. And then the cells multiply. And guess what? Like a crack baby, 
The cell wants the same chemical that mom and dad had, the parent cell had. So the cell sends a signal to the brain and says, will you please feel abandoned for a second to give me my fix? Or will you, <laughs> so we attract, I think it was Dr. Joe Dispenza did a lot of great work on this. This is we attract circumstances into our life. We perceive things in a way that will create the same chemical mm-hmm. that we're literally addicted to. Emotions are powerful. Those emotions are strong. They got a strong hold. I agree. Yeah, like on, a, on at a chemical level, mm-hmm. right? People think we. I think people are making a mistake when they say, "Oh, it's drama, drama, drama." The drama is just the situation. That's not what really needs to be addressed. What really needs to be addressed is emotional addiction because it's an addiction to an emotion that creates the drama. Yeah, well put, well said, Jeff. Yeah, thank you, now, thank I, you. I'm curious to see how do you begin to unravel this, you know, for your clients. <laughs> How do you begin that work? Uh, well, it starts with enrollment. No, I'm just, <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> I know. To, 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 uh, well, it starts with listening. Okay. You like um, for me as the coach, you know, and this was, this is hard because I joke when I say enrollment, but you know, guess what? When I'm hanging out with my friends or in the community or like my son plays baseball, when I'm hanging out with baseball dads, right? I don't have permission to intervene in their emotional addictions. Do you follow? You know, like, yeah. you know, people will, will fight very hard to preserve their habits, their lifestyle, their, yeah. their ego, right? So as soon as I even suggest that I'm even aware, they don't like me because <laughs> right? I don't have permission, mm-hmm. right? So that's what it starts with is permission. You know, I say enrollment, but forget what I was meaning before when I say enroll or engage, right? Mm-hmm. Now I mean permit. Like, don't ever hold anybody accountable to anything without their permission. That's it's going to go. You want a hotter knife through warmer butter Mm -hmm. because most people that feel pressed upon will resist. And maybe Mm -hmm. intellectually, I know you're trying to help me, but the cells in my body feel threatened. And they say, who cares if he has a master's? Who cares if people pay him thousands of dollars an hour to to help? He's coming for you and he sucks. And, you know, ignore him right now. (laughs) Well, that's what the cells of the body are saying to keep the, the flow of chemicals. Yeah. You know, so I just see it this way. I, I, I kind of like look at the world as I, I see thousands of cells with little faces, you know, <laughs> away from you. Yeah. So, <laughs> well, some of them, you know, and, 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 you know, more power to the people that are willing to invest in themselves to have a different life. Yeah. More I, power I, I to the people that are willing to invest in themselves to have a different business, a different result, a different outcome with their, et cetera. People, you know, I try not to get mad at anybody, you know, everybody's just doing self-preservation, but to your question, How do you begin to unravel this for people? Number one, I have to be aware. I have to like my trained sensibilities. I have to see a pattern. I could see something happen once and go, Ooh, that was interesting. But if I see that categorical type of thing, Oh, that was a reveal. That was a reveal. That was a reveal. Ooh, that was a passive aggressive. Ooh, that was um, an insult buried in a joke. That was an insult buried in Mm -hmm. a joke. That's three in a row. Hmm. The last three jokes this person offered. We're all antagonistic, uh, you know, about somebody who wasn't there to defend themselves. Hmm. That's a pattern. What's going on here? Why does this person, let's see if they, and so it's, you know, listening for patterns and language choices and the nonverbal communication. And it's a lot of listening and observing, right? Mm -hmm. I have to know that I've got a suggestion. Now, here's something that I'll tell you, Dr. Lewis, when I teach coaches, when I'm training other coaches, right? I teach them. We don't always have to be right. Yeah. You know, one of my favorite things to do is say, well, it sounds to me like you're addicted to overwhelm. And they'll go, the hell I am. (laughs) And I'll say, okay, 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 okay. Then what is it then? 
right? So I don't mind me admitting that I'm wrong right there, but now I've got your attention and we get to co-author a conversation about what, what do you think is preventing you from this or that or the other? Right. Yeah. Right. So I don't have to be right, but I at least have to have something to put out there. I at least have to have made some observations that, you know, I I have to have something to start this conversation with. And it can't be, you know, recognizing one thing. There's got to be a pattern or there's got to be damage that has occurred that somebody has given me permission to help. You know what I mean? There's got to be permission or patterns or it starts with that awareness. I agree. What about you? How do you prepare yourself right because uh, coaching it, it, it's taking on other people sometimes you need to prepare yourself you have to prime yourself to show up your morning routine i believe is mm. the, the onset it's the starting point to, to make sure you are ready to take on what the day is gonna throw at you so tell yeah, us about was, your morning routine yeah i was looking forward to this question my morning routine <laughs> it starts the night before oh yeah yeah i have a practice that i that i call the daily win email mm-hmm. okay and it's actually like a, a stone off of the mountain of a power hour. So uh, on Sunday nights, after the kids are settled and whatnot, before I'm too sleepy, I'll get on like 830 is when I have the standing appointment with myself, 830 p.m. on Sunday nights. It's called the power hour. And what I'll do is I'll look at the one week view of my calendar and I'll start to like negotiate my time. So I, I know what my what roles I play in my life. I know what things I'm trying to achieve. I see who's scheduled with me when and for mm-hmm. what purpose. I look at where the gaps are and I start to make appointments with myself to fill in or I'll start to question, well, why am I doing that on Wednesday at 10 when I have this with this? Let me reach out to them with three days in advance and ask for a reschedule rather than a last minute reschedule. So mm-hmm. I'll just kind of go up to the Goodyear blimp and look at my calendar, one week view. I'll look at my roles, my goals, what do I, you know, start to like plan out and visualize how my week's going to go. That's for an hour on Sunday nights. Then what I do is I write an email to myself and my coach. So it's to my coach and to myself. I have different coaches for different things. Accountability. Accountability. Yeah. And not because the coach is going to reply to me or read everything, but because I know she could. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? We've been doing this with each other for for years now, like over a decade, I want to say. Fantastic woman. And uh, anyway, so my point is, this is how it goes. The practice is, I'll, the subject line is daily win, for example, March 22nd. And this is what I would write yesterday, last night. i say, hey, coach, tomorrow is Tuesday, March 22nd, and I will win the day when I, and I put a colon, and then I visualize how I want my day to go. And mm-hmm. I'll say, rock the morning routine or meet productively with the marketing team or deliver world-class coaching. And I'll, I'll do all caps action verbs. Mm-hmm. So I can visualize the action that I'm taking, observable action. Sometimes I'll, nice, even de- yeah. sometimes I'll even describe how it goes. I'll say like deliver world-class coaching. It's so effectively that I get a renewal or a referral. Yeah. You know, like I might actually describe the outcome I desire and put that out there. Yeah. Right? Visualize it and manifest mm-hmm. it. What else do you do? Um, so I want to give you a chance to let people know how to find you and connect with you. We're kind of running tight on time. I got another one immediately after this. Oh my goodness. I, I got lost in the time. It's so much fun talking with you. Well, um, in terms of connecting with me, I'm very easy to find Jeff Klubeck. Just do a search. You'll find me. The website is get a clue.net. Yeah. But the, the, what I'm really interested in, that we didn't get time to talk about it, is the new brand, the new book I'm coming out with in, in just a couple of weeks called The Integrity Game. And so if people want to get on the mailing list and learn about The Integrity Game, uh, it's something that we didn't get a chance to talk about, but it's the thing that I'm most excited about right now, even though I'm uh-huh. excited about everything. But it's integritygame.com, theintegritygame.com. And you can get it on the mailing list and we'll send you information and learn how to you know, teach people how to get the book on and on and on. 
That's cool. I'm sure we'll hear more from you, Jeff, because this was very, very exciting. I love the conversation and we could go on forever. I might just have to bring you back. Yeah, please do. <laughs> so, please do. So I thank you for your time and your energy today. I will put all that on the show notes, definitely. All right. Thank you very much for having me, Dr. This. You are very welcome. All right, morning enthusiasts. That's it for today's show. Thank you for tuning in. If you love the best morning routine ever podcast, we'd love to hear from you. So go ahead and subscribe, rate, and give a review on iTunes or Google Play. While you're at it, tell a friend about the show. Be sure to visit bestmorningroutineever.com and our Facebook group to join the conversation, access the show notes, and discover our fantastic free bonus content. Until next time.